Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Our sermon text for today is from the Gospel of Luke, which is in your bulletins and has been previously read. Don't worry. Everything is under control. There is nothing to see here. Whew. Not always the most calming of statements, is it? Often when I hear these kind of things, it seems to make me more anxious and worried. So it takes two factors when you say things like this to actually be comforting. The first is how it's said. And the second and the most important is who is the one saying it? Who is telling us not to be anxious? In our politically supercharged world right now, as we lead up to this election in November, which appears to be our last chance as a nation yet again, we hear both candidates urging us to be afraid of the other candidate. All the world is falling apart and everything is doomed. But we also hear them saying, don't worry, under me, everything is under control and awesome. Well, which is it? Are we doomed or is it awesome? Honestly, the whole thing makes me very stressed. It makes me very anxious. Who do I vote for? Who is going to be the best for this land? And it's so important. But then I read a text, like our gospel reading for the day, and I realize it's going to be okay. It's all all right. Don't worry. Everything is under control. And when I hear these words, I believe it. Because it is said in a calm, clear voice. And it is said by the voice of one you can trust implicitly. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let me read for you again these sweet, comforting words of our Lord. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, or what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither reap nor sow. They have neither storehouse nor barn. And yet God feeds them. How much more valuable are you than the birds? And from which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do such a small thing as that, why are you anxious? about the rest. Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive today in the field and thrown tomorrow in the oven, how much more will he clothe you? O you of little faith, And do not seek what you will eat and what you will drink, or be worried. For all nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father, he knows that you need them. We worry. That's the one, you know, everybody's looking for one common thing to unite all mankind. 
Well, that's it. We all worry about the things of this world. After all, isn't this what most Americans are really concerned with? House, home, clothing, cars, status, or how these elections will impact these things. Yes, there are some who worry about family or morality, but really most of us are worried about the largest false god in this world. You see, the heart of worry is idolatry. It is the worship and the fear, love, and trust of something other than God. And we are great. We are the best at worshiping these false gods. Because the most important false god is, of course, ourself. Sure, we may say that we worry about others, and we may, deep down, be worried about all kinds of things. But really, aren't we worried about how it will impact us? I'm really worried about Grandma having a car accident. Well, why? Well, first, I share the road with her, and it's terrifying. <laughs> and second, if something happens, she'll probably ask me to drive her around. A worry brought back to me. Even good and noble worries are often selfish. Oh, I'm so worried about Uncle Fred's faith. Why? I'm worried he won't be with me in heaven. It's really sad. When we really look at our lives, it's sad how much we obsess over ourselves. It is a product of the sin and corruption of this world. It is our total inward focus. When left to ourselves, we really only love one person in this life. Number one, me. And therefore we are anxious and we worry about all kinds of things, even stupid things. Oh, what am I going to wear? Well, that's a pretty easy one for me on Sundays. Is my car nice enough? I hope people won't think less of me. I could sure use a better job, especially more money. Obsession. How much of your day do you spend thinking about the things of this world? It drives us. It drives us to be anxious about our lives. But in reality, there is only one thing needful in this life. Only one thing that we really need to worry about. And that is your relationship with Jesus Christ. This is the one thing worthy of our worry. And Jesus reassures us in the most comforting of ways. Earlier in our text, he says, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? In other words, on a human level, they're worthless. And not one of them is forgotten by God. Even the hairs on your head are numbered. Now, granted, that gets a little fewer each morning. For are you not more valuable than many sparrows? Your God loves you. He cares for you. 
beyond all measure. Now, yes, these words of our Lord are well and good, and they're comforting. But just like any of us, isn't easy to say, don't worry. But yet it's really hard to stop worrying about the things of this world. Why is it hard to stop worrying about the things of this world? Well, quite frankly, it's hard to stop sinning. So how do we do this? How do we stop worrying? How do we stop being anxious in this life? Well, it's not easy. But there are two key things that can refocus our spirit to its right place on Jesus Christ. And incidentally, both of those things require the same Holy Spirit. The first thing to removing anxiousness in this life is faith. A faith given to you by the Holy Spirit. Some of you through the preaching of the word, some of you through the waters of holy baptism. It is this gift of faith which allows us to hear the following and believe it. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. What does this mean? How does this help me stop worrying in my day-to-day life? How does it help me to stop worrying about the things of this life that I believe in God the Father? I believe that God has made me and all creatures, that he has given me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason and all my senses, and still takes care of them. He also gives me clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, wife and children, land, animals, and all that I have. He richly and daily provides me what I need to support this body and life. He defends me against all dangers and guards and protects me from all evil. And he does this only out of fatherly divine goodness and mercy, without any merit in me. And for this it is my duty to thank and praise, serve and obey him. This is most certainly true. I hope most of you by now picked up that that was Dr. Luther's explanation to the first article in the small catechism. And even though it was written almost 500 years ago, it is still as true today. All that we have in this life is already a gift from God. Sure, it might be easy to look at the things you have in this life and think, oh, these are my hard-won possessions. I worked very hard for that house or that car. Well, guess what? You did. But who gave you your body? Who gave you your mind? Who gave you the ability to keep that job? Who gave you your eyes and ears and your reason and all your senses? And who still takes care of them? That's right, our gracious Heavenly Father. Oh yeah, God. Now many in this world don't like to acknowledge this, but he still cares for them too. He still loves them because he wants to give them time in this life to repent and to get right with him in his truth and his love in Christ Jesus. How often as Christians do we forget 
this as uh, also. How often do you forget how much God loves and cares for you every single day? We have a tendency to want some kind of supernatural care from God for us, don't we? Some external thing that we know he loves and cares for us right here and right now. Last week I had a conversation with a young man who was seeking one of these supernatural things from God over his career. He was looking for some kind of miraculous sign. Again, he was worrying so much about the things of this world. So I asked him a very pointed question. I said, what do you think is best? Which option for your career is the best choice? And at the end of our lengthy conversation, he had spelled out which path he thought was the most clear, and I said to him, well, son, that's what God wants you to do. And he looked at me and said, Pastor, how do you know? Did God talk to you? And I'd love to have said yes. But no. I reminded him of this first article. That God gave him his reason and all his senses. And on, on examining these two paths, which neither seem really all that willfully sinful, we pick the path that is best for us. The path with the least option for sin. Don't worry. God has taken care of you. He has got you this far and he will get you through to the end. And the second way we refocus our spirit away from worry is we think about what is really the most important thing in this life. What is the most important thing in your life? It's a hard question, isn't it? Is it your family? Is it your job? Is it your health? Is it money? Is it the kingdom of God? I doubt most of us leaped to that final one at first. Yet Jesus reminds us clearly. Instead, seek the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourself with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in heaven that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. If we were as anxious about seeking the kingdom of God as we were the other things in this life, there wouldn't be room in this church to hold all the people. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And in doing so, God will give you treasures beyond earthly treasures. He will provide for you in his kingdom 
which will never be destroyed or taken away from you. So how do we seek the kingdom of God? How do we find this great mythical kingdom of God as so many people view it? That's really not that hard when you think about it. Where is the kingdom of God? Well, it's wherever God is reigning. Okay. Well, where is God reigning? Well, in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Well, how do we find the person and work of Jesus Christ? Oh, wait, I know this one. Where he promised to meet us. In his word and sacraments. And the best place to find the word and sacraments in the kingdom of God is right here. It is in his kingdom of grace, the church, where he promised to be with us always, even to the end of the age. Right here is the kingdom of God where Christ is reigning in his body and in his work. That fact makes me anxious every single Sunday when I approach that rail. So it's really pretty simple. It's really pretty simple when you reason it out with the reason he gave you. Don't worry. Don't worry about what you'll wear or eat, what your car we will drive. Honestly, it's not that important. Don't even worry about the next president. After all, there is really only one true ruler of this world, the King of Kings, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When you get into that polling booth, use the reason God gave you to vote for the least sinful option, which I heartily acknowledge it's going to be really hard this year. (laughs) And take hope and comfort Take hope and comfort in the fact that God loves you so much that he came down from his heavenly throne to become one of us. To know what it is to be hungry. To know what it is to be thirsty. To not even have a place to lay his head. And he endured all of this for you. He went through life not worrying about the things of this life, but worrying about you. And in doing so, he has won the forgiveness of all your sins, even when you're worried about the things of this world. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.